I started doing a lot of excavating. And when I say excavating, I, I mean like, am I feeling my feelings? Where am I experiencing feelings in my body? Where am I expressing what I want, what I don't want? What do I want? Right. Oh, um. yes. Because <laughs> that's a big one too. Mm-hmm. You know, in the land of dreaming. and But people move past that. They think they find out what they don't want. And then it's like, oh, okay. That means that I want this. Mm-hmm. And that's not always true. Yeah. And so did you give yourself some time and space? Oh, gosh, to- yeah. I made tons and tons and tons of lists, like lists of 100. And just tried to do a lot of like, who am I? What do I like? You know, who is this person that everybody else knows, but I don't know? Yeah. Welcome to Everything is Spiritual, a podcast from Soul Care Urban Retreat Center. We're talking with local folks, faith leaders, creatives, thinkers, and community advocates, getting personal about their faith and spirituality and how it shows up in their daily life and work. I'm Kelly Skinner, your host. And I'm sharing these heart-centered conversations to invite you to become more aware that everything is spiritual and to deeply connect with what is most true and alive in your own everyday life. So hi, everybody. I'm so excited to welcome you back to this very special episode of Everything is Spiritual. This is our 25th episode, so uh, cheer me on a little bit. I think I read somewhere that like 50% of podcasts don't get past the second episode, so I'm super excited to be on this journey with you. And in celebration of the 25th episode, I wanted to turn the tables a little bit and have me on the podcast. And somebody had suggested that. And I thought after some consideration, I thought, oh, that that might be interesting for you to get to know me a little bit better. So I have one of my most favorite people in the world to act as the host for this episode. Uh, Her name is Nicole, and she is my cousin. And I'll let her tell you a little bit more about herself. But she's going to be conducting the interview today and putting me on the hot seat. I am. So (laughs) flip the switch. (laughs) Big time. How fun. So many opportunities to ask you questions I've always wanted to ask you. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, the sky's the limit. (laughs) Well, hello, everyone. My name is Nicole Yuganen. And as Kelly said, I am her cousin. Full disclosure, we are related. Uh, (laughs) And you'll probably probably figure out why as we start talking. And I do a lot of things out in the world. But one of the things that I do is as a former teacher, and now not in the public schools, one of the things I love doing, though, is talking to people about their dreams and their goals and their aspirations for what they want in their life. But not in a really... Oh, I'm going to say the word annoying way. Like, okay, get to your goals. Like, get, let's get to it. I'm more in like, I am in this very kind of spiritual space or at the intersection of the spiritual, the emotional, the, the mental, like the, a holistic place about it. And not just about any one dream, like that purpose, the work dream or, or what have you. It's just, let's just practice dreaming. Um, mm-hmm. Let's exercise your dream muscles. And so Kelly and I have dreamed a lot and it was so exciting when she brought the dream of soul care to me. So it's also been very exciting to have the chance to talk to you a little bit about your dreams and bring everybody into how you live that out every day. So with that, can you tell us what was going on in your world when soul care kind of first popped in? So that was such a challenging time in my life. I was in my mid 40s and was kind of in a job that 
was okay, but I didn't feel that it was using on my capacity of my whole person. And I kind of felt in a rut in various areas of my life, kind of felt in a rut with my home life and my family and my, my spouse and my kids. Because felt- right? your kids were all starting to kind of leave at that time, right? Yeah. Right they, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I had, um, I think Shane was still maybe a senior in college, and then, yeah, they they were starting to kind of yeah. like go to college and move on to being different parts of adulthood. Was just feeling very stagnant in my spiritual life. Was feeling stagnant in my professional life, as you know, but maybe my listeners don't know. About thirteen years ago, I moved here from Indianapolis and got remarried, changed careers, moved to an area that I wasn't really familiar with. And again, I mean, I've had a lot of gifts and blessings in my life. Um, so not to downplay that, but it just it wasn't 100% me. I wasn't even 50% me. I wasn't Which is, all the way there. I was just kind of going through the motions in every single aspect of my life and really dissatisfied. Right. Um, and right. sad. And sad. Yeah, sad and kind of a little bit hopeless and desolate and and not sure. I think it's something that I hear a lot from women in different stages, but in those transition stages of our life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so let's just breathe that one in, right? Like yeah. breathe in the stagnation. Let's sit with that. There was a lot going on. And yet when we feel stagnant, you can't feel it all, right? You just know something's off. Mm-hmm. I think this is where you and I are, you know, we know that we're blood related. <laughs> when something's <laughs> off, it's like, whoo, okay, let's start feeling, feeling back. I, I call it the artichoke heart. I don't like the onion uh, metaphor, but like, mm-hmm. let's feel back the artichoke leaves to get to the heart of the matter. What's going on here? So what was the first thing you started doing to look under the hood? Like, what did you start doing to hear what was going on? Or what did you start shifting, experimenting with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, what had come up was that um, I had applied to take on a managerial role at my job and didn't end up getting the position. And it really for me, it caused a lot of shame. It caused mm-hmm. a lot of um, feelings of unworthiness, of inadequacy. But at the same time, like as much as I had thought that I wanted that, I don't know that I really wanted that. So I, I actually started going to a counselor. I also started seeing a spiritual director. Mm-hmm. Um, and from those two things, I started doing a lot of excavating. And when I say excavating, I I mean, like, am I feeling my feelings? Where am I experiencing feelings in my body? Where am I expressing what I want, what I don't want? What do I want? Right? Oh, Um, yes. (laughs) So I'm going to pause on that one because that's a big one, too. Mm -hmm. That, you know, in the land of dreaming and trust me, I will bring it to soul care. I'll bring it full circle for us. So let's hold that. But people move past that. They think they find out what they don't want. And then it's like, oh, okay, that means that I want this. Mm-hmm. And that's not always true. Yeah. And giving yourself. So did so did you give yourself some time and space? Oh, gosh, to- yeah, I made tons and tons and tons of lists, like lists of 100. And just tried to do a lot of like, who am I? What do I like? You know, who is this person that everybody else knows, but I don't know? Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I really feel like, not a, to discredit anybody else, but I really feel like I had almost lived a life of somebody else's expectations and not mm-hmm. my own. Yeah. And that comes with being mom and being all the the mm-hmm. job that you were in. It, I think a lot mm-hmm. of us hit that point where it's like, oh, wait a second. Mm-hmm. We're just kind of on autopilot. Yep. We're still in it. We were still in it, but mm-hmm. all of a sudden you just turn around. There's an Alan Watts um, 
he does it something and the South Park guys made a cartoon about it. And, <laughs> and they turn around at 40, like, burp, 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 okay, what happened? What's next? Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really true. And yeah. I, I didn't want to live my life on autopilot anymore. Yeah. It was really interesting because my spiritual director, I think the first or second time that I met with her, I had always kind of read a lot about spirituality mm-hmm. and I had a lot of questions about spirituality and even yeah. kind of like re like wanting to dig into the religion that I was raised with yeah. and seeing if, the, if that, I, I had a lot of conflicts because as much as I identified with it and it's um, I'm, I'm Roman Catholic and it's very much a part of my identity. Yeah. Um, there was some things that weren't in alignment. And so I had to really had to grapple with that. And um, I think our first or second meeting, my spiritual director, who was a woman pastor, a retired woman pastor, said, do you ever think about like being a minister? And I, I, I laughed out loud and I said, no, because I'm Catholic and women just don't do that. <laughs> so unless I was like a Sunday school teacher um, right. or something like that, that, which really didn't appeal to me. Yeah. Um, I really saw no avenue for that, but I kept coming back to, I have all this knowledge and understanding and, and reflection and kind of this really unique skill set and this really unique life experiences. And I have this desire to share with people yeah. and really be a, a beacon and provide a platform for for me to share and not even necessarily be the expert, but to create a community of sharing and growth and support and co-creation. Mm-hmm. Before we talk about in that space when the soul care formed, what happened to your day-to-day life while you were in this state of exploration? Were there any major shifts or were you able to kind of get through it? Mm -hmm. I definitely think there was this kind of eruption that happened when I didn't get the job. Yeah. And I had to come to peace with that. But it also kind of um, felt like an invitation of, okay, so this isn't the road that you're supposed to be traveling anymore. I just don't know what that road is. Yeah. And so after getting kind of reframing the whole experience for myself in my mind, I was able to shift into what other possible, like if this isn't the path that I'm supposed to be on, what is the path that I'm supposed to be on? And what does that what? Because a lot of people get stuck here. That's why I paused. Mm -hmm. You know, when I'm, when I'm out on a walk and dreaming with people, they'll get that no And then they'll just sit there for a really, really, really long time. Or, you know, finances come in and Mm -hmm. it's like, well, I need to get another job right away. And Mm -hmm. and, or partners come in and it's like, well, because they're dealing with their own stuff. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. what what are they now? Who is this person? (laughs) Like, let's figure that out real quick. So you don't need to go too deep, but were the people around you aware? And did you start like, were there some pressures of around time that you were feeling? Right. You know what, in that space, what was happening? Because I, because I know we all know that you did get through it and something beautiful came from it. Mm-hmm. But I see a lot of people get stuck there. So I want to, yeah. I want to just take a minute on that. Well, I want to say, so first of all, the first kind of hurdle to move mm-hmm. forward that I had to get over was my own sense of inadequacy and unworthiness. Like yeah. who am I to open up a retreat center? I don't have an MDiv degree. I have never held a formal religious position. I'm just me. Yeah. And while I have this great set of skills, um, I mean, like, is this something that I even should be doing? So I had to work yeah. through some of that sense of like inadequacy, imposter syndrome. Yeah. Like, is this okay for me to take these steps? Mm-hmm. Then when I kind of had the confidence to move forward, um, then I got into, you know, this is a big leap and I'm going yeah. to be quitting my full-time job. 
I was at the University of Illinois, which provides a lot of really good benefits. And I know that's why a lot of people work there. And it was a steady employment. People stay there forever. And so I had to kind of say, you know, this is a a financial loss. And also, you know, it'll be a while before I have a steady income. And it took me a couple weeks to muster up the courage to actually speak with Sean, my husband, and say, you know, I'm really kind of worried and scared about these things. And that that I I think I a little bit wanted his approval yeah. and permission a little bit. But some of it was even like speaking the reality of it out loud and speaking the reality of what the the risks were going yeah. to be. And and I was worried that he was going to say, oh, yeah, well, when you put it that, like, when you lay it all out, that's a big (laughs) risk. (laughs) And he gave me such a gift because after talking through it all, you have to do this. And not only do you have to do it, but you have to do it right now. Because number one, I don't want you to be holding on to this idea and letting it slip through your fingers. Number two, I have no doubt that this is going to be a success, but if it doesn't work financially, then you can always pivot and do something else. You can always get a job. You can always do what you need to do. And so take the leap now and don't wait. Just do, do it now. That is such a gift. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he said, I'm 100% in support of you. And he's been that way for the past yeah. two years, really, two and a half years, two, three years. Yeah. Um, and even when I have doubts and even when I have like, oh my gosh, I'm not making ends meet right now. He's my biggest cheerleader. Yeah. Yeah. Yay, Sean. Yay, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> we all need that, you know, and it, let's just pause for the people listening is, you know, I'm a single person. I don't have a partner that does that. So that's the obvious person it's not permission. It's just like, I need that. I, you need, it's the cheerleader. Affirmation. Just, yeah. yeah. Just saying like, okay, I see you. Right. Mm-hmm. And I see your reflection. And sometimes I, I think that is a, is one of the first steps is to mm-hmm. go find your cheerleader. And it might mm-hmm. not be in the obvious. It mm-hmm. really might not be. So yeah. Yeah. And then I found this it. wonderful yeah. couple who helped me as almost like business coaches. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we would meet every week and do these like financial projections and business planning mm-hmm. and, and different things. And they were always so, um, they were like, we wish all of our clients were like you, you have it together. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what did they mean by that? Right? Like what? Let's, let's go there a little bit. One of the things that was calling you was not to create some individual thing that, you know, you you wanted to create something for the collective, for the Mm -hmm. community, Mm -hmm. and not as specific as say a church, that's very specific, Mm -hmm. like this is who can join. Mm -hmm. And so in that process, I've heard you say you got, I think you said, you said you went out therapist or counselor. Mm Mm-hmm. You got a spiritual director, mm-hmm. you, you brought on your husband, and you got some business coaches. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I remember we talked a few times too. So oh, you were, sure. yeah. right, like you created your team mm-hmm. and we're almost, you know, before I think you even had the specifics in your head, you were building the dream and speaking it so that it could be reflected back to you and you could build it in community rather mm-hmm. than just Kelly's idea mm-hmm. and we'll just we're just gonna bulldoze through right everything. Right. Yeah. So is that having it all together? Is that the approach? What did they mean by um, that your business coaches said like you have it all together? Well what sometimes uh sometimes I was just the the star student and I would do all yeah. my homework and do everything that yeah. they asked me to do. Sometimes it was, you know, I have had some great like operational business experience. So, you know, I've run nonprofits. I've been involved in, you know, healthcare settings and university settings and large and small businesses. So I have, you know, a good toolbox. I know, I know how to put together a budget. I know how to put together financial projections or, or reports or set up a chart of accounts or negotiate a lease. 
And to me, it was funny because a lot of the things, like I knew how to how to set up a website and and put together a marketing plan and get my branding together. And so a lot of those things that that I know other entrepreneurs struggle with, with the nitty gritty of their business, Mm -hmm. that was actually the easy part for me. The hard part was really having confidence and having, you know, knowing exactly what it is that I'm offering, helping to kind of like elevate myself and to figure out how to connect and elevate other people. Because yeah. as much as soul care is a soul care is a platform, it, it's holding space. It's a it's a container for learning, for community, for connection. And so, yeah, I mean, I think the container is very sturdily built as a as a you know with all the business operation stuff. But it's kind of like trying to find the content and the the wonderful, beautiful pieces to go in the container. Yeah. So I think we're to the point now where we can dive deep about soul care, right? So let's do a really quick, what is soul care? You know, why did you start it? I mean, well, Mm -hmm. I think you said why, but Mm -hmm. you know, like let's dive into the specifics. Like that was what was going on in your world. Why did you start it for other people? Why did you start it for the community? What is it? What's your little elevator pitch? Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure people that are listening know this, but I'm, I know that there's a yeah. broader audience as well. So let's... no, that's wonderful. So Soul Care is a retreat center, mm-hmm. and uh, it's an inclusive retreat center. So the two things that you might automatically think of when you think of a retreat center: number one is that it's out kind of in the country, uh, and you have to go away from your daily life to access that, and two. A lot of times retreat centers are affiliated with a specific faith or religion and promote that the beliefs and practices of that faith or religion. So being the contrarian that I am, um, Soul Care is an urban retreat center. So it's smack dab in the middle of the Champaign-Urbana area, and it's on a bus line. It's got free parking. It's someplace where there's a bar down the street. There's businesses all around. You know, it's in a pedestrian area. And it's a place where we don't have overnight things. You just come in for the day, for an hour, for an afternoon, for a day, but you don't sleep there. And then we are open to all identities, beliefs, backgrounds, people of faith and no faith. So we really are, I say we do everything from tarot card and astrology reading to um, Bible journaling and everything in between. Yeah. You know, when you think about where you were, when your soul started rumbling, or, you know, that inner person in you started rumbling, like, okay, things got to shift. It's like you created this space that you needed at that time. Because I know that you're still, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, you know, you're still very much in your own faith. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't answering what was going on at that moment in time. And Mm -hmm. so I think the beauty of what I see soul care is it's it's this space to if you only have five minutes, instead of disrupting your whole life, which is of benefit sometimes Mm -hmm. and oftentimes to, you know, fly. I think one time you went to Tennessee or I can't remember. You went Mm -hmm. somewhere for a weekend, right? Uh But to be able to listen to yourself for just five minutes mm-hmm. when you're on your lunch break mm-hmm. or when you're done for the day. And, and before you head to the grocery store, you can just pop in and mm-hmm. there's some books that are going to help you, or there's just a place to quietly unwind and mm-hmm. meditate or what have you. That's one of the beauties of what you created is it is this everyday life. Mm-hmm place to hear yourself and listen to yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's what you do. As I was talking, you know, I did a lot of interviews with people in this area about what they needed. And as one of the, my favorite stories was talking with uh, a, a woman who had small children and was also working. And she said she didn't have any time to decompress or to be alone. And her only time was either 
when she got home from work and she would have the kids who were maybe a little bit older, but they could unstrap themselves from the car seats and run in the house. And she Mm -hmm. would sit in her car and not go in her house because that was her only time alone or lock herself in the closet or lock herself in the bathroom. And that would be her alone time. Yeah. And that's not enough. And we all need that time and that space to listen to that, that quiet voice inside of us, whether that's the voice of the spirit or the voice of the creator or the voice mm-hmm. of the divine or the voice of just your most authentic self. Yeah. Um, we, we need to be listening to that mm-hmm. and letting that through. So we're not living on automatic. So that we don't get to these places in our midlife and it doesn't become a midlife crisis, right? If we can find these smaller spaces to listen throughout. Mm-hmm. And, and this is what Alan, this is what I loved about that Alan Watts thing that I brought up. It's like, it's like what's in between the music. It's the musical mm-hmm. notes, right? Like, and it's that you danced to the music. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if we can find those smaller places, so it doesn't disrupt Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't become this big disruption. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just Always. telling a friend, you were just mentioning about music. And I was telling a friend over the weekend that mm-hmm. a lot of music, especially classical music, have, you know, pause pause notes intentionally yeah. Yeah. put in the music because you need that rest mm-hmm. in order to hear what comes next. Yeah. Oh, look at that. That's yes. <laughs> And it wouldn't be as good if you didn't have the pause. Right, right. Okay, so the idea for Soul Care has come. You've launched it and you're in it now. And <laughs> now we're at the 25th podcast. <laughs> Connected to it. We've also gone through a pandemic. We're still in it a little bit. It's yeah. here. Uh-huh. First question. Is there anything you would do differently? Not open six months before a pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I do. Next rapid fire question. Um, (laughs) What's been the most surprising thing about yourself through this process? Mm -hmm. So right now, one of the things that I'm really excited about for 2021, like I meant, I think, well, I did mention that before I started Soul Care, I went through this period of feeling like inadequacy and imposter syndrome and mm-hmm. kind of feeling unworthy. And I, I definitely got over that. But the pandemic actually brought that back really Ooh. fiercely. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it, number one, was because with I had intentionally made a decision to have an in-person uh, business. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do an online coaching business. I didn't want to do an online event business. I wanted to have this very strong personal presence in our local East Central Illinois community. Yeah. Partially because um, as I was connecting with people across the country in different locations, we was certainly, you know, building relationships and learning and, and having, you know, spiritual moments with people in California and Tennessee and Chicago and all over the world. But I didn't find that same sense of connection in this area. And mm-hmm. I wanted to be a personal respite place to build those personal connections. So I was in a lot of resistance <laughs> against going online. And then because I was in a lot of resistance, I think those feelings of inadequacy and failure and unworthiness totally crept in. So I had to almost like refight those fights. And that took quite a while. I've learned that things don't have to be hard, that having ease, having trust, having a sense of like things will unfold in the time and manner that they're meant to, as opposed to me forcing them yeah. is a better way to live. And I think I've always known that like in my head, but I'm experiencing that in my gut and in my heart. Yeah. 
That's a big one. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I say a lot of this, number one, soul care is totally a reflection of me. Yeah. It's a mirror image of, of me, like mm-hmm. the true authentic self of me. Yeah. And number two, almost everything that I get to do through soul care is entirely self-serving <laughs> and also, and other serving. And that's actually beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's part of the reason why I love the podcast. I love engaging in these authentic, deep, vulnerable conversations with people mm-hmm. and and letting them shine, letting their stories shine, and just being able to bring that out of people. And yeah. I do it as much because I love it, and it gives me an excuse to have great conversations as much as I want to you know, bring the podcast and let other people have them. Yeah. We'll share the wealth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. And then I, I don't want to lose one of the things you said you learned is that it doesn't have to be hard. No. It can be easy. Mm-hmm. So what's easy about soul care? Is that a hard question? <laughs> it's not a hard question. <laughs> um, I have just been gifted by the partners who have connected with me and who want to share their skills and their talents. Mm -hmm. I have been gifted by the people who have discovered soul care and who have um, found big and small benefit from it. You know, I love, I love books and I love to read and, you know, Somebody that I had barely met said, I'm I'm downsizing and I'm cleaning out my library and I have all these books and I just love to donate them to you. Yeah. So when I when I'm not striving so hard and, and keeping things with a closed fist and a tight sense of control, and I really let go and open up and, and see what happens, a lot of great things happen. Yeah. And where are you now in the other parts of your life? Um, I have an, a tremendous relationship with my spouse, with Sean. Yeah. I have a tremendous relationship with my children. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. Even through the pandemic, you know, there was a rough parts in the pandemic, but I had a wonderful mastermind group of other women entrepreneurs that I got mm-hmm. to meet and build relationships with. Um, I decided to stop coloring my hair and go gray and embrace this season of being a wise, you know, the wise crone archetype. Yeah. I'm diving into being more creative. I was telling a friend of mine, like one of the questions that people would ask about would be like, what is your vision? Or like, you want to create soul care, but like, what does it look like? And like vision it. And I, I would say I would have the, the movie theater screen syndrome and I couldn't ever like see anything. Uh And now I can picture things and I can visualize them and I can really, really tap into that deep knowingness that I have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty cool. That is really cool. (laughs) (laughs) Can I fly back? (laughs) (laughs) Anytime. Um, I'm an Enneagram 8, which is, uh, if you're not familiar with Enneagram, it's a great personality, Mm -hmm. motivations um, Mm -hmm. tool. And it really gave me language to speak about who that I am. And 8s are pretty intense and passionate and they're social justice advocates and they kind of watch out for the the little guys and can be a little bit out, a lot outspoken and (laughs) aggressive and intimidating. And I, I kind of say the the image sometimes is a bull in a China shop. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I love to say is that I went from being a tidal wave force to a deep ocean. Oh, wow. Yeah. Everybody pause and see that one out. <laughs> I love that. I really do. And so... Where are you going? Do you know yet? So this year, yeah, this year, um, one of my goals is to do a lot more outreach. Mm -hmm. So I'm really trying to invite, you know, some of our 
registered student organizations from the U of I to connect with Soul Care, some of the campus departments and offices to connect with Soul Care. I have a background in nonprofit management. And so I'm also trying to serve and support the nonprofits by you know, facilitating retreats or board retreats or strategic planning retreats, or even like you're burnt out because you've been doing so much as a nonprofit kind of self-care retreats. I still, I have such a passion for social justice and the helpers in our community. Mm -hmm. So whether that's our nurses and medical you know, personnel, whether that's our educators, whether that's our social service agencies, you know, the health department and public health, whether that's our first responders, there's so many invisible helpers who before COVID they were burnt out and, and stretched thin and after COVID uh, or during COVID, you know, they're just at the ends of their limits. And so I want to provide some, peace and some some ways that they can start filling themselves back up so that they can continue to pour their hearts out to the people that they care for. Yeah. The caregivers need caregiving as well. And exactly. That's why I hear you. Exactly. You know, that. And I would say that's not the easy part of what you have to do because we haven't built these spaces. This mm-hmm. is a, you know, it's, I think the way you've integrated a lot of, of parts of many different things and put them together. It's new for people. Yeah. And, it really um, is. and, and being a, a caregiver myself, we're often told we have to do it on our own, mm-hmm. find more time somewhere mm-hmm. and jump in the bathtub and get your bubble bath going on. And it's like, <laughs> how many bubble baths can I take? It's not doing it. <laughs> Right. And it's not about, you know, bubble baths and naps, although those right. are nice. It's almost about like changing your mindset too. Yeah. I know that I we mean, talked a little bit about mindset before too. Like what has shifted in your mindset? Like is there words that you have to describe it from where you were when you first started, where you were feeling stuck to where you are now? Sure. So my friend Sarah has been instrumental in talking to me about beingness. Uh-huh. And so I get to kind of adapt um, the characteristics or qualities that I want to be standing in mm-hmm. um, during different times of my day or parts of my life. And yeah. so I'm pretty cognizant about the beingness that I want to wear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whether that's um, being responsible, being loving, being compassionate, being in abundance, mm-hmm. being creative, being yeah. curious. I know that I'm responsible for my own well-being. And so, you know, everybody's kind of like doing their thing. And if you're on autopilot, you just let things happen to you. But if mm-hmm. I want to live a life of well-being, then I'm responsible for that. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning how not to go victim to time or circumstance or whatever that I get to make the choices in my life that serve me. And God, I mean, I have a much deeper, better relationship with the divine than I ever have before. I mean, I still do wear the label of being a a Catholic Christian, God is so much bigger than that for Mm -hmm. me. And I really try to also see the godliness in everything. And I have a real sense that, you know, not only are all people connected, but all, you know, all of creation, adamant and inanimate is connected. Mm -hmm. And my purpose is to provoke wholeness and so if I'm, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. you can't yeah. throw that out there and then just move on <laughs> <laughs> to provoke wholeness. Uh huh. Yeah. Pause. Let's pause on that one with the music to provoke wholeness. 
That's a big statement. It's an action verb. Mm-hmm. Whew. Okay. It's my good uh, contrarian word. It is a contrarian <laughs> word. So to do that, now now let's keep going. I just didn't want to. I, I don't want to move past that because yeah, that is. I don't want to go too I, fast. Yeah, I, that is something I see in you. Is you you are a provocateur, uh-huh. <laughs> and you also embody wholeness. And you know, like you are living in the beings of things. Like I really love experiencing your curiosity. Mm. Uh, you know, I think when I was visiting in August, we were, it was one day where we were talking about the questions you ask yourself. And I just remember like you ask these great questions and then you give yourself some time to be curious about them. And that's part of being a provocateur. Yes. Is that even provocateur? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, I, I just want to pause with that and really sit with it because it, it's a good one. Hmm. And so to be that, what is? I've interrupted you, so I'm not sure if we can get back to where you were no, with that's it. Okay. But yeah. I mean, I am somebody who has always asked questions. Sometimes in a sometimes in a good way. Sometimes yeah. not in a good way. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a way to positively challenge things and challenge things in a way that's going to be received. Yeah. As opposed to just pissing people off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although pissing people off is kind of fun too sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It's just sometimes I see the world and the possibilities and the the hopefulness and the the things that could be. And sometimes mm-hmm. the world needs a little bit of shaking up yeah. to get there. Yeah. Or they need a nap in your nap pod. Or they need a nap in your nap pod. Because after you get shaken up, then you get to settle and see how things right. how things land. So you need both. You need to be. You do need both. It's yeah. the whole, that's the wholeness part, though. That's I think what I love. You're just not there to provoke, right? Yeah. Every, there's a lot of people out there provoking right now. and But you're intending to provoke wholeness, mm-hmm. right? And you know, I just keep coming back to the word every day, like in our everyday mm-hmm. lives, mm-hmm. how can we have wholeness and mm-hmm. how can we talk to the divine, the spirit, listen to ourselves and, you know, integrate all of these integrate. things mm-hmm. into our everyday lives. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be a separate thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I just love following your path on that. Mm-hmm. I've been reading and listening a lot about Paul lately, you know, Paul from the Bible. Yeah. And um, mostly because we're talking a lot about feminist leadership within the church. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of a guy that a, a lot of people love to hate. But he he uses this great metaphor of the church being like a body and that everybody, you know, the toe and the head and the fingers and the neck they're all important and you need them all. And so whether that's something that you're doing in your own individual life, or you're looking at it from a macro level in our communities or in our world, I think that analogy holds true. And so for us as individuals in our everyday life, I mean, I think we do have to integrate our mind and our bodies and our hearts and our spirits. We have to integrate our relationships. We have to integrate Mm -hmm our individuality, you know, our ego and and wanting to be like the most important person in the world mm-hmm. with the others that are in our lives that we know or that we don't know. Right. We have to realize our impacts on the world even when we don't know what those are. Mm-hmm. Um and wholeness is attention. I I love to kind of think about both and it's not either or, it's mm-hmm. both and. Yeah. So to have the whole of it all, and it all fits together so well. If you could go back to the the Kelly of three, four years ago, five years ago, let's say five years ago, and and really this is more like you know what, also to the people that are kind of listening and identifying with that stuckness, what would you say? You know, knowing what you know now, what you've been in in the past couple of years bringing something to fruition you know birthing you birthed another child mm-hmm. yeah for sure 
sure. And uh, you know, um, you know, all this other stuff. What would you say to see that Kelly mm-hmm. and to others that are in that space? I would encourage them to start listening to their own voice. And so whether that means, you know, one of the things that I I used to really like to do was morning pages, Mm -hmm. which is as soon as you wake up in the morning, do top of mind writing and commit to writing three pages. And even if you fill those three pages with, I don't know what to say, or lists or things that you dreamt about, or everything that you feel stuck or upset or angry or pissed off about, whatever, but just making that commitment to write without thinking, without censoring yourself, without judging yourself, without thinking about how to spell things or being in good handwriting. I think it starts creating a habit where your unconscious and your true self can start coming out. And then you can start listening to that a little bit more. I think the practice of contemplative prayer or meditation is also something that is essential. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of times when people think about praying, they think about praying with words or praying with scripture or praying rote prayers or praying prayers for other, like intention prayers for other people. But I think the type of prayer or, or, or meditation where you're just sitting in silence and and there's techniques to doing that in a variety of different ways, but being still and being in the presence of, again, your deepest self with the divine, with the spirit and not talking, not even talking inside Mm -hmm. helps you develop that muscle, which sees beyond what your eyes can see and kind of see the context. My instructor for my spiritual development class used this great metaphor of like, when we watch a movie, the strip of the movie has all these individual frames. And when you show it, you just see the movie, but the movie is made up of of these individual frames. And so when you sit long enough and practice that, instead of seeing the movie, you get to see the frames and you get to see how it's all put together. Yeah. And so that kind of prayer helps us slow down, helps us listen, helps us be receptive and just be present to ourselves and to God. Yeah. So start listening to your voice yeah. and be still. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm reminded of, um, I used to start walks that I led with, with the letters for silent are the same letters as listen. Mm. Yeah. Right. Any final, any final words you have or things that you were hoping to be able to share and you didn't get to share? No, I don't think so. Um, If you're listening, I just hope that I get to meet you at Soul Care sometime. I welcome you in and I'd love to sit down and have a cup of tea with you. And I just love hearing people's stories and asking those questions. Um, And I'm in a spiritual direction program right now. Mm -hmm. uh, And it's kind of unique. It's about spiritual direction and social transformation. So this spring I'll be kind of discerning and keeping my eyes open for some way I can support our community Mm -hmm. through that experience. And so whether it's groups that need a trained listener or advocacy groups or justice groups or groups that are taking action and want to have somebody hold space and come at that from a very spiritual and contemplative and whole way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm holding space to really connect with the right group that I can yeah. support and we can learn together and walk together. I think as I want to close this out, I would like to say that I, what I really see in you 
is, you know, the world loves to define you as like the founder of soul care, right? Anybody that started something, they get that label. And yet what you're really offering is like soul care is just the container for something much more that you were desiring in your own life. It's really just this invitation into this other space to understand wholeness, understand Mm -hmm. listening, understand self, understand community, and that it might happen in soul care, but it might happen in a side conversation with Kelly Skinner at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> right? for sure. Or, or across the interwaves. And that there is this opening and this invitation to engage um, mm-hmm. in the curiosity of things with you. And I've, oh, I personally have always really enjoyed that and loved our conversations when mm. we go get to deep dive. And as we close out your 25th Soul Care podcast, <laughs> I, I want to thank you for boldness, the braveness, the courage it takes to do some of these things. Like to, it's courageous to be curious and it is bold to say, I'm going to start a re- urban retreat center in the middle of, <laughs> middle of our, our town, yeah. <laughs> our busy town. And and it's brave to have those conversations with partners and, you know, the people around you. And I, I just, you exhibit that so often and are such an example for so many of us. And so I, I want to pause and just thank you for that. And I am so grateful for all that you have, all these invitations that you've brought to folks to deepen and listen more. So Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening to our conversation today. Yeah, this was so much fun. So thank you for uh, being the host. And Mm -hmm. thank you for everybody for listening and for supporting Soul Care and for the Everything is Spiritual podcast. Thank you for listening to Everything is Spiritual and taking time to nourish your soul. Tune in each week for a little community and a lot of conversation. Or subscribe in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss our next episode. For more resources around spiritual exploration, restoration, and transformation, be sure to sign up on our mailing list at experiencesoulcare.com. Visit our website for information on retreats, workshops, and services from our partners. Or better yet, Come visit our welcoming space in Urbana to say hi and get a steaming cup of tea. Soul Care Urban Retreat Center is a warm, welcoming, and accessible place for you to refresh, renew, and restore your mind, body, heart, and soul. We set a great big table, and everyone is welcome. Until next week, be well.